welcome everyone to Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of, of a particular type and then report back the results to each other and you find listeners. My name is Mike Went. And I'm Aaron Spears. This episode's challenge was black exploitation. Mike, this was your pick. So I, my first thought throwing it to you was like, when did you first experience or hear about and see your first black exploitation movie? Like what, what kicked that off for you? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I've been kind of wrecking my brain uh, the last couple of days in anticipation of recording. I mean, likely one of the first that I ever heard of, or maybe even, uh, you know, by watching uh, South Park as a young kid, just hearing Isaac Hayes's voice. And oh, yeah. then, you know, during the time, like, I think, my dad was just like, oh, that's, you know, he, he did the, the music for Shaft. And so while I was still kind of young, uh, I think we, we got a Shaft from that library. Okay. And uh, so that was probably my first exposure to, to black exploitation. And then. Wait, was it like as a, as a father son watch then? Was Shaft? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think then not too long after was uh, the release of Jackie Brown. Yeah. Um, so it was, I mean, and, and I guess that is, that is almost like a homage to black exploitation films. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where I probably didn't have a ton of access to them as, as a youngster, but, uh, but over the years have tried to catch up with some of the classics and, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly, uh, I think right now, actually, on HBO Max's like uh, Turner Classic Movie section, there's quite a few of them on there. Um, you know, a lot of you know, like Superfly, and um, you know, a lot of those uh, yeah. type type of films. Uh, now, how about you? Like, th- did you have a lot of exposure when you were younger? Oh, not really. When I was younger, uh, it, it, for me, it was Jackie Brown. I think, or I mean, I'm sure it was because I, you know, I was swept up in Pulp Fiction mania. Right, when that right. theaters, and I could not wait for you know his follow up, and then I still think to this day that's his only adapted screenplay. I think he's done Quentin Tarantino's only done his original screenplays, but that was adapted right. an Elmore Leonard book, uh, Rum Punch, I believe. It's been a while, so I looked that one up, and you know I couldn't wait. And I remember seeing Jackie Brown in theaters. I was also currently a in film school, uh, you know, majored in film theory and history. So Jackie Brown came out and, of course, being the obsessive fan that I am with certain <laughs> directors and certain films, um, I still had like a Movie Maker magazine subscription or premiere or one of those. And, you know, when you get Tarantino talking, same as, you know, a Martin Scorsese or a Paul Thomas, like the film geek directors that I really gravitate towards. Yeah. He's saying like, you got to see this movie. You got, I'm like, OK, OK, <laughs> I'm in. And I'd seen I think it was. um I think it was, no, it was Superfly I had seen already. I just didn't realize, oh, that's this black exploitation genre. Sure. Also, because in the 90s, when, you know, late 90s when we're watching this, the internet wasn't the internet. Right. Like we have now. Like IMDb, I'm not even sure if that was around or I knew of it then. I had the film encyclopedia that Ephraim uh, Katz used to put out. So I would like, oh, it's black exploitation. Let me look it up in the book, you know, physical (laughs) IMDb. And then, uh, yeah, I just dove in head first, like, oh my God, because I, you know, I fell in love with Pam Greer through Jackie Brown. I was like, she's in black exploitation. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was my inroad there. But then also, it was a lot of VHS because it was the late 90s. Um, some early DVD, but I didn't have a DVD player. But yeah, a lot of VHS black exploitation rentals then. 
Yeah, and I remember in 2000 when the Shaft remake uh, with uh, Samuel Jackson oh, came out. Yeah. That that kind of also sparked my my interest into certain things. And I guess a, a cool aside is uh, a few years ago I I got to work on one of the movies that shot in town, and it it was a a lifetime movie about uh, Michelle Knight uh, the the three girls who were in the, in the basement. And while some of that film was really <laughs> hard to work on just was, because uh, that's intense. It, it was in the, in the winter, the coolest thing was that Pam Greer played one of the, the nurses. Oh, no way. Yeah. So she was there for a couple of days. Couldn't have been nicer. And, you know, was really the highlight I think for everybody who worked on that because other other than that, it, it was just because it was so cold in, in December shooting this because they, they wanted to have it done in time for the the anniversary, which was in May. Oh, sure. So it, it was one of those things where we had to shoot like, you know, 10, 11 pages a day of dialogue. But having, <laughs> yeah. But having Pam Greer was just like, oh, like that. That was like, you know, up to then, like I, I got to work with like a couple of cool celebrities, but like, yeah. To, to, I think to a lot of us, we were just like, oh, that was one of the coolest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also good to hear that, you know, some of your, your idols, your, your favorites um, aren't jerks. Uh, yeah. I love, I love hearing that as well. Absolutely. So as we were kind of talking before, yeah. you know, we started, I mean, this is, there are so many like classic films in this, in this genre or, you know, just so many to choose from. Sure. I mean, were there were there any that you know almost made your your watch list? Because I I mean I have kind of a, a laundry list of, <laughs> of things. Yeah, I, I was writing down some honorable mentions. I wanted to do some quick shout outs for, and I limited it to I'm going to say two and a half. Okay. For yeah. a reason I'll get into in a second, but then I was like, my next note was like, we're going to have to revisit this with black exploitation part two. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, just one of those very rich genres um, and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I did whittle it down. I had my chosen one and I, like I said, I got like a two and a half um, ish for my, for my shout outs, but yeah, it's, it's a lengthy one. And before we do an honorable mentions, I wanted to say too, like in doing some research over the years, like looking into this particular genre, there is a legitimate critical complaint that this reinforces negative cultural stereotypes. So there are, you know, very smarter film critics and film historians out there uh, beyond my capabilities that have great arguments for that. And I, I think there's a valid criticism there. I prefer the angle of there's a lot of firsts and there's a lot of inroads for people that were marginalized for artists that just didn't get funding for movies or get acting opportunities. Now they had some granted it's within an exploitation genre, but I guess I'm a glasses half full kind of, kind of film history geek in this particular genre case. Right. That said, you know, uh, you want to, you want some honorable mentions thrown out? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, let me do my half one first. Cause so when we did our Ozploitation one about Australian exploitation, we mentioned not quite Hollywood, the documentary all about that genre. Yeah. So my half shout out is just to say, I think it's still up on YouTube. It's maybe 50, 60 minutes long. It's called badass. Lots of X S's uh, yeah. cinema. <laughs> it's a documentary about the genre and just, it's one of those watch it with pen and paper. Cause you're going to get a lot of recommendations. So good, good inroad for the genre there. But so one of the other ones I wanted to do as an honorable mention is from 1972. It's called Across 110th Street, uh, directed by Barry Shear and co-stars Anthony Quinn and Yafet Kodo as um, cops that are investigating uh, a robbery where $300,000 is stolen from the Italian mob. 
Um, okay. Cops are killed. The mafiosos killed. And then you get these two New York City cops who are trying to break the case. So it's that like mismatched cops who are like, not like good cop, bad cop, just like they have different ways of working. You know, obviously, it's Anthony Quinn, Yafet Kodos, so like they have to work together because they want to solve this. But for, I don't want to say like exactly different reasons, but it's one of those like mismatched buddy movies. So like it's their dynamic trying to work together, but also trying to solve this case where there's just the fallout is a shitload of street violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very much, I think, is comparable to the French connection for like the gritty, like street crime. Yes. Kind of, kind of version of it. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a highlight. Also, very famous song across 110th street is used in the movie. That's where it comes from and is used in Jackie Brown starts it and ends it. So all comes back to Quentin. All comes back. <laughs> no, you have a, you want to do a shout out? We'll yeah. Um, you know, I, um, there are several that I, uh, I mean that I've seen, but, uh, I, I would say if, for any of our listeners who want to kind of dabble in the genre, Dolomite, I, I think is one really that, uh, you know, you should watch and even the, uh, you know, I, I would even suggest that the Eddie Murphy Dolomite is my name that oh, came so out great. a couple years ago, which yeah. is just, um, kind of like, I don't, it, it's just such a, a joyous, uh, movie, you know, about, about yeah. the, the making of movies and everything. And I, I do remember, uh, some of the other things that, uh, for a little while, I, I don't know how this happened, but we, we ended up having a deal where we had all of the movie channels for, for like three months or something like that, you know? And for me, uh, as an impressionable, uh, movie lover, uh, we had what what was at the time. And I don't know if it's still around, but it was called black stars. Um, so they, they showed like a lot of basically, um, you know, all of like the, the big hits, I, I would say of the sure. black exploitation genre. So, uh, Blackula is, is another one that, uh, I would, I would say is one of those ones that can really get you into it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of understand that the, they were, you know, some of these movies were really kind of pushing the envelope and, oh, and, yeah. um, you know, trying to erase some of those stereotypes by, you know, kind of spoofing some of the, the, the cultural norms at the, of the time. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I really highly suggest those, uh, you know, to, to kind of whet your appetite if you're never really, or if you haven't really seen a, a lot of those uh, black yeah. exploitation films. I think it also speaks to the, the multiple different genres you can have within this one black exploitation banner. Cause that's, you know, obviously horror, not yeah. horror the way we picture it now, but it's still, you know, vampire and blood and you know all that but then also the the seduction aspect of a vampire i i actually i wrote that one down after doing um our last one when i picked uh for female directed horror i did the velvet vampire <laughs> I oh like, yeah not pick blackula you've already covered <laughs> vampires <laughs> uh but no that's a good yeah absolutely the other honorable mention i had is um so we were covering some of the 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 big broad hits right and i didn't want to do my main pick as like something super obscure yeah but I wanted to do a quick honorable mention of one I just watched in the last calendar year that is a bit more obscure, but I, th- I think I watched it. Let me check my... Yeah, I watched it. It was just streaming on YouTube, and it it's quite bloody. It's not a great quality, but it's called Brotherhood of Death Brotherhood from of Death. 1976, directed by Bill Barry. My quick pitch for this one is it's it's three black men who are all friends. They go to Vietnam, and there's some fairly... I'm going to be nice and say inventive... 
use of shooting around your local forests <laughs> or out in the woods to, as a stand-in for Vietnam. There's some archival footage, you know, that just mixed in. I'm like, eh. but anyway, they learn guerrilla warfare in Vietnam. They return home to a racist as shit America, and there's you get to watch them just murder the clan. And I was like, it's the definition of exploitation, but also, you know, given the I don't know the current state of America, there's a vicarious thrill to watching the clan just get, you know, knocked off. Oh, exactly. Oh, I'm, and, I'm adding that to my watch. List right now. <laughs> it's very rough around the edges, you know, so so beware of that. But like the point, like there's a there's a kind of a political punch to it that I was like, I am on board of this. Also, mwah, fantastic <laughs> funk disco song. Uh, I think it's called Get Off Your High Horse that uh, is done during the credits. And I was like, man, I'm adding that to my playlist. That is a <laughs> that is a that is a great one. But um, so so what film did you end up picking? Oh, so I did. I went with I went with the classic because I, I can't not. My entry point, as I mentioned, was uh, very much Pam Greer centric. So if you haven't seen it, you got to watch Coffee. Yes. 1973, Jack Hill. It's um, Pam Greer is a, is a nurse and her younger sister gets involved in drugs, gets hooked on drugs, and she gets injured by contaminated heroin. She's in the hospital. She's clearly like has some neurological damage. She may never recover. And she's like, God damn it. And she goes out on a mission. She's out for blood. Uh, she wants vengeance and becomes a vigilante, killing drug dealers, pimps, mobsters. She kind of works her way up the chain of of uh, how drugs are distributed, you know, in her neighborhood. But because she's Pam Greer and she's hot as hell, she just seduces <laughs> all these men because it's all men. And man, as soon as you enter a little bit of the idea of sex into all of the men around her, they just immediately drop their guard like, hell yeah. And then she gets to off anybody she wants <laughs> fairly easily. My name's Carpenter. I know what you want to, and you're gonna get it. This is the end of your rotten life, you dope pusher! Let me see you crawl over here, you black trash. You want me to crawl? What are you doing? Put that down. You want to spit on me and make me crawl? Just tell me. Did this man send you to kill me? No. He didn't know nothing. Take her out and kill her. I think of all the fun I could have had with a good-looking stud like you. You really mean that? And it hits a lot of buttons, too. Like, it's, it's uh, you know, first uh, African-American female action star in cinema history. So that's, you know, very, very important. At the time in 73 as well, you've got the women's movement, you've got the black power movement, and it isn't like really overtly addressed as like, it's not really like an overtly political movie, but that's all there in the background as you yeah. watch. The dynamic is all there. Um, you've got action. I mean, it's everything you want in an exploitation movie. Yes, there's nudity. Uh, there's action. At one point, she hides razor blades and a weave she's wearing. And then another <laughs> woman goes to like rip it, you know, grab her hair, grab by the hair and gets her hands all cut up. It's uh, yeah, like I said, as soon as sex is offered, the men are just like, Duh, you know, and she can just take them right out. And even um, if you're not on board for some of the violence, the opening scene of it. So this is not a spoiler at all. She's seducing this guy and then just blows his head off with a shotgun. And as a kid watching that on VHS, I was just like, you could do that. And then, yeah, she just, you know, she lays waste and uh, works her way, like I said, up. And also there's some twists and turns that she reveals, like some hard truths about the friends and folks in her circle that she maybe 
didn't know it all. You get a very young Sid Haig in there um, as one of the bad guys too. God, that guy's always creepy. And yes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's. Um, have you seen Coffee? You know, I I'll be honest. Like I've seen bits and pieces. I've just never seen it in one sitting. So I yeah. I almost feel embarrassed to to admit that. But I I I tell the truth. You know, I want no, right. to be fully transparent. <laughs> and I, I watched so like that one and um. So coffee and then Foxy Brown, she does those pretty, pretty close together. Um, those plots have kind of intermingled in my, my brain over the years. <laughs> and so rewatching coffee a couple of years ago, I was like, I was waiting for certain scenes and I was like, oh, that scene never. Oh, wrong movie. Wrong movie. Because <laughs> she worked with Jack Hill um, a couple of times, including both of those movies. Um, she did one of her. What did she call him? Uh, Booty in the Jungle movies with him. Uh, the big bird cage or the dollhouse or one of those that were you know in, in vogue there for a minute but um i love the titles yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> oh yeah and it's another one um i don't think roger corman was still there at this point in time but uh it's another american international pictures movie another aip yes you know kings of the uh kings and queens of the exploitation uh vibe there but so apparently it was jack hill or the producer for coffee had like a quote-unquote handshake deal for cleopatra jones which uh, would end up being uh, Tamara Dobson's film, which comes out a little bit later. And then that fell through. It went to some other producers and then a different director. And so at AIP, they're like, fuck, hurry up. We got to make a movie. And coffee's what they hurry up and made. And it came out first and was this huge, huge hit. Put Pam Greer on the map as like, okay, she's a star. We made this for like no money. You know, like half, half a million or so and ended up making several million. So that became a thing. And then, it ended up looking like Cleopatra Jones was a copy or, you know, in that same vein. And then you get, um, what is it? Janine Bell and TNT Jackson eventually. And I mean, it just, it opened up the door. And again, like, there's issues with exploitation films and black exploitation in particular, but you know, that that's employing a lot of actors and a lot of talent doing oh, some yeah. kick-ass movies. So that's my, again, I'm back on the glasses half full kind of. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> so I, I got to ask before you do your, your reveal. Sure. Um, did you pick another guy who is traumatized in his youth and then goes to a mental hospital and then ends up killing his parents? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I, I did not. Okay. Uh, I actually uh, – maybe this is the closest that we've ever come to to a slight overlap. Ooh, but okay. uh, I uh, went with – so uh, you know, I was looking through all the lists and, of course, I mean I was considering coffee. I was considering just some of the other ones that, that are in that – in that time range. But, uh, when I was doing like just kind of a one night, just a couple days ago when I was doing an Amazon prime scroll, I came across uh, a movie from the nineties, which that I never saw before, but I do remember vividly the, the ads on TV, but it was, uh, original gangsters is what I, what I ended up going with. And, uh, it is directed by Larry Cohen He's probably, I mean, he, he did a lot of like different stuff, but, uh, I know he's, oh, yeah. he's known for the stuff in the eighties. Um, but he also started er, near the start of his career. He did several, he directed several black exploitation films mm-hmm. with Fred Williamson. So this, uh, is a film that stars Pam Greer, Fred Williamson, and Jim freaking Brown. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this was, uh, and basically the, the plot and, you know, this is the IMDb plot, but, you know, when a gang shoots his father, Bookman, played by Fred Williamson, returns to his hometown 
rounds up some of his own people and begins an all-out war to restore the neighborhood to its rightful sense of justice. You're looking at a factory town that somehow became a gang town. The headquarters to a gang called the Rebels. All that money for basketball? Stand back for the hustle I'm on. Why, dear Lord, did you snatch this dear boy away from his precious mother? Is that good for business? For a $300 hustle? We're not behind you on this. He was going to be a big star. He had a plan just like you. You should have come back once in a while, Johnny, because all you all left. It's up to you to decide whether or not your neighborhood is worth fighting for. If they fight one of us, they've got to fight all of us. You want something, brother? This is my son, man. And where does that leave you, Spyro? You did, man. They're getting ready to retaliate. Why don't you come help us? We can't trust him. I ain't got no love for anyone. I'm a businessman, my brothers and sister. Let's see if we can't stop this thing. You're gonna negotiate with these punks? If the old man keeps his mouth shut, we'll call it done. You sell us out to him? Well, it looked like the Reverend did his job, huh? Won't you just run home and pray? Well, I guess we better do ours. Fred Williamson, get out of my face, man. Jim Brown. Let me give you a hand. And Pam Greer. All right, I'll rewind, okay? Oh, I heard that before. You will get hurt. I don't hurt you. My friends will. The original Rebels. I'm back home, blood. And I'm working with him. Well, there goes the neighborhood. When I saw who was in this, I was, like, pretty excited. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just... Uh, actually, seeing all of, all three of those those stars who were huge in the black exploitation movement in the seventies interact together was great. Um, I think ultimately, uh, for me, the the movie was kind of in the middle. You okay. know, it was kind of maybe a two and a half, three three stars for for me. Um, but there are some pretty entertaining, just uh, a lot of wordplay. There's a there's a pretty good uh, fight scene towards the end that that includes a lot of explosions, <laughs> but I'm sure the intent for this was made to be an homage to all of those all of those uh, black exploitation films of the of the era where they they were coming up. Um, but uh, you know there there's there's several scenes in it that I, I think they almost make it too complicated. Uh, you know, like there's, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of exposition. There's like elongated, um, you know, scenes, uh, of, uh, funerals and everything where mm. I feel like maybe if it was a little tighter and just a lot of Fred Williamson, Pam Greer kicking ass, uh, yeah. you know, it might've been a, a lot more fun, but, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't mind watching it. I, I I thought it was it was pretty good. It's one of those ones that you wish like you could go and recut it uh, or or something or just add <laughs> add more action to it. But you know, one of the interesting things is that that movie came out. It was like Orion Pictures had, you know, they had a huge uh, run in the eighties, and then yeah. they they almost I think fell in the toilet in the early nineties. So like this mm-hmm. was one of the first movies released when they relaunched. And I think oh, gotcha. they went bankrupt again and now they've they've relaunched again Ugh. in the the late or the early twenty twenties here. Yeah. So it's uh 
you know, that's one of those things like when I was growing up, when I saw Orion, like, you know, cause I, I think RoboCop immediately. I, when I, see that. Yeah, no, I, I, I have a very specific memories of like that scrolls across the screen. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but watching. it's like, usually when you see that logo, I was like, oh, you're in for a pretty good time. You yeah, know, even yeah, if yeah. it's not always the best movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they did a certain type of movie and they did it pretty well. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. I, it's one, one of those things like, I, I just wish original gangsters was a little bit better, like a little more trashier, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it's I, okay. I'll be honest. So I've never uh, I've never seen it. Yeah, it, it was one of those like I've meant to, and until you said, it, I was like, oh, I forgot. I've always meant, I've meant to see that. Even the video store I was working at. I remember I could picture the video box and where it was sitting, and I was like, oh, I got to get to that one, and then uh, never did. Yeah, uh, but also has. Um, I was just looking at the cast too. Like it's also got sh- uh, Shaft in it, Richard Roundtree, yep. and it's got Ron O'Neill. Fucking yes. Superfly. Yes. And Larry Cohen knows how to make uh, trash in the best sense of that word. Yes. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, I would, I would have have some pretty high expectations to it. Also, Robert Forrester. So he's in. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he plays uh, you know, one of the the local law enforcement. Okay. So, you know, it's like basically, you know, it's the young gangs versus the old gang. And, okay. Uh, the young gang tends to, uh, or they injure or murder a lot of the the family members of the old gang. So that that okay. that's what kind of sparks everything. But uh, you know, I would say it's still it's still worth a watch just to see those actors. Oh yeah, all on screen. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I just wish it was a little more, more. tongue in cheek, maybe a little more. Okay, yeah, just like because looking at the dates, Robert Forster and Pam Greer, like they're. Much more co-stars, I from what you're describing. I think they're much more co-stars in Jackie Brown a year later. Absolutely, yeah. They, I didn't realize they were even crossed paths before that. So that's kind of yeah. Cool. They barely have any scenes together from oh. from what I remember. It's like very brief. Well, we'll always have Jackie Brown for that. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe Tarantino saw original gangsters and was like, you know what, I'm going to do that better. <laughs> that's a good question i know he's obviously a big black exploitation fan so he was like oh my god i'm making a movie with pam greer fuck yeah i yeah i don't remember hearing what his uh what compelled him other than probably i mean robert uh, robert force has got some great 70s stuff so. sure but yeah i wonder if um oh god do you think because i know he's one of those directors too tarantino that'll screen movies for the cast did, like, did they yes. screen it with gangsters and like <laughs> You got two of the stars here. I'd want to quiz them on like what's going on here. You, you see this movie? Just just do it different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! But sweet, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely have to cue that one up because uh, I've always meant to, and there's there's no reason not to now. It's a, a push of a button away. I don't even have to go rent it at a store anymore. Although I wish I had to. That'd be and, fun. To and do. I will I will reverse the the travesty of not seeing coffee. Yet, so. I <laughs> Uh, so so, what do we got on tap for next uh, episode? All right, that is my pick. My what do I got my notes here? Oh, right. So I was thinking, uh, one of the genres. I mean, it's we're very very early on in the the episodes here, but one of the genres we haven't really hit on was nothing documentary yet. Ah, okay. So it's like I fell into, and I want to get back to because my queue or my my watch list on on Letterbox has got a lot of these. I watched a lot of concert films. Yeah, like summer twenty twenty when fucking nothing was going on, no vaccine in sight. Everybody was just, you know, kind of sheltering in place and playing it cool. Well, not necessarily playing it cool, but you know what I mean? Um, so I was watching some concert films because I was like, I can't go to concerts right now. Right. And man, some of those just like really hit me. And I dug into that genre and I was like, there's a ton of there's a ton of films in this genre. So, you know, like a, a document documentarian filming like a concert for, 
you know, it could be a whole band. I think Woodstock's yeah. probably the most famous. You know, that's a whole a festival. You know, concert doc is fine too. But I was looking at my watch list. And I was like, man, I did not go back and finish it. I got like thirty more of these to get through. <laughs> and one of the the things I needed, and I don't know if I'm going to pick this one or not. Probably won't, just because I'm going to mention it now. But I'm a huge Spike Lee fan, and yes. he did a um, David Byrne, yes, uh, Talking Heads documentary. And I, it's unfair. I don't like the Talking Heads, but I also don't know their music that well. I know a few of the hits. And I'm like, eh, not my genre. But I adore Spike Lee, so I was like, I kind of need to kick in the ass to go watch that. <laughs> I I will <laughs> say uh, on a personal or you know I always make my and I'm sure you do the same, but like mm-hmm. you always make your top ten lists of of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, in 2020, I believe, yeah, I I'm pretty sure I, it, it like feels like five years ago, but um, I yeah. picked Spike Lee's doc about. Is it American Utopia? Yes, American Utopia. Yeah. I I picked that as my number one of the year. Number just one. Because it was, oh my god! It was just one of those movies that I needed at the time. Like because yeah. I I am a I mean full disclosure I, I really love a lot of the Talking Heads music. Okay. I don't really like a lot of his newer stuff. I like the older stuff. But okay. um, this is uh, just the way how it was done. It, it is a concert film, you know. At the end of the day, but I think it was just the movie that I needed definitely in a, in a down year for sure oh for sure all right so I, I won't be picking that one we'll use it as an example but i will watch it i promise yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh concert films uh for our next concert watch challenge so awesome looking forward to seeing what you pick on that one mike absolutely all right we will talk soon have a good one